All right. We're live. Okay. Well, uh, welcome to episode. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Great Lakes Permaculture Collaborative Podcast. Uh, this collaborative formed in 2016 to bring together three regional permaculturists to innovate permaculture practices and design education. Uh, my name is William Faith, and I'm here with Milton Dixon. And we're missing Rhonda Baird, who is uh, elsewhere at the moment. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about plant life cycles. Uh, so before we get into our topic today, we want to check in for a minute or two and see what's going on in our personal practices. So, Milton, over to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to, today for me was all about social permaculture. Um, ch checking in with all the parts uh, of the cooperative that we, we that that I'm uh, stewarding, uh, checking with the, the kind of the, 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 the organ organization that's gifting us this property, um, and, and just checking in about all the, all the things that are going on, uh, in the space that we've created and making sure that nobody, uh, butts, butts heads, right. Or, or, uh, uh, tornadoes through several different projects, uh, in, in, you know, pursuit of their own. So, so it's uh it's it's really important stuff and and often neglected definitely how about um, you yeah over on this end um lots lots of cool stuff going on uh right now my microgreens operation is scaling up so i'm going up to 44 flats uh 44 you know flats turning around uh on a 10-day cycle so yeah. um that's that's where that's at. Um, waiting on a couple of pieces that are coming in, but I should be um yeah I should be starting germination on the next crop probably tomorrow, and um, looking forward to seeing where that takes me. And then right now I just had another meeting with uh, the uh, vegan farm animal sanctuary in the south of France that I'm designing for. We were just talking about some of the challenges on the landscape. Uh, there's a well, centuries old process there called ecobourage that they use in that particular area where they tend to manage uh, overgrowth of gorse and fern by burning. And uh, so I said, oh, controlled burning. They're all like, nope, it's not controlled burning. They just pretty much light everything on fire and then walk away. And in past instances, like one year, they had to evacuate a hotel full of tourists because that was endangered by fire. In another case, there was, uh, there was a small group that got encircled by the fire and died. Uh, they almost burned down another person's house in the process. So <clears throat> it's basically they light everything on fire and go to lunch. And then they're also letting me know that gorse propagates by fire. So it's actually kind of uh, a little backwards. Uh, yeah. In, in but so that's some of the challenges that we're looking at. And that's certainly going to feature into my, uh, into my design process, strategies rather. Uh, but yeah, it's all the stuff you hear in a day. Amazing stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, so, so uh, today, we're, what are we talking about? Plant life cycles, right? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people may not, uh, if, they, if you don't interact with plants, you might kind of miss uh, the middle one, right? We've, uh, we've got three primary plant cycles uh, that we're talking about. Uh, one is annuals, and they, so they, they grow, they produce seed. Uh, and then the plant dies, dies back to the ground. And then the next year, the seed comes back. Uh, and those, those tend to be kind of first responders, kind of 
uh, disturbed soil. Uh, you know, a lot of times you'll have a seed bank in the soil so that if you disturb the soil, then you'll kind of get these weird things that, you know, where'd that come from? Well, it was, you know, seed bank in the soil. Uh, I've seen uh, velvet leaf. And uh, uh, what's the, the loco weed, the Jimison weed? Uh, both, both of those uh, come up, you know, uh, un, uh, un, unseeded or whatever. Uh, the other side then... We have perennials, and you want to talk a little bit about perennials, maybe? So I don't have to. <laughs> no, by all means. Um, yeah, perennials. I mean, that's kind of the the gold standard in permaculture design. It's we try to design perennial systems predominantly. That way, we can, you know, plant the systems that don't disturb soil year after year, year in year out. Um, and that what you were just mentioning about annuals is is. Uh, central to that you were just talking about that flush that you'll get as soon as you disturb the soil once yeah. you oxygenate and all of a sudden poof you get everything and all the things that we think of as weeds will start to pop up as well um whereas perennials tend to be the thing you know we're always trying to do these perennial systems as much as possible i always chime in here that because of that a lot of people will tend to throw shade on annuals and you know sort of indicate almost that annuals have no place which i think is erroneous um, I think annuals absolutely have a place, but it's on a spectrum. It's on a timeline. You can use a lot of annuals while you're establishing, establishing perennial systems. And in agroforestry in particular, I think that really applies. Um, but then we also have our in-between step, don't we? In-between, uh, the biennials. And, and these are uh, plants that you probably know a, a bunch of biennials, but don't realize that they're biennials. Uh, the, the pattern is that they tend to grow low, a rosette usually, so just a little kind of circle of leaves, and then they, they're putting all their energy into a root. Uh, and then that root overwinters, and come the next spring, that uh, root sends up a shoot and, and puts out the seeds. So things like carrots. Onions, leeks. Onions, yeah, all, um, if, it's, if, it's, if it's building a big root, uh, then it's it's probably going to be a biennial, and then it'll die after that, right? And some plants kind of borderline, like uh, 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 brassicas, uh, broccoli, right? The flowers come from the first year, but most brassicas are actually uh, biennials and won't fruit until the or won't flower and fruit until the second year. And then to further confuse the issue, you've got so much gray area in between where you can have, you know, certain, you know, perennials may not be able to, you know, may not work in your climate. So you have annualized perennials that you're, right. that you're growing short, you know, short term year after year. Um, you have some things that will, depending on climate, certain annuals that will, you know, uh, biennials that will act, you know, uh, differently and, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, a you know, biennial that, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's in a hoop house or gets a gets a, a little warmth early in the season and then shocked, gets shocked with a cold snap. And then it will think, well, that was winter. Here right. we go. Right. And and try to produce seed. Yep. Um, did, did you ever did you ever see that talk that uh, Holmgren gave? He gave it with the guy that wrote Dark Emu. Um, and, no, and I don't he, think I did. OK, he, he was talking about. Um, that uh, the cultures that developed perennial systems, when when war happened, they couldn't 
uh, you, you know, the, the, the systems would essentially get torched, right? And then you couldn't reestablish them in a year. Uh, but cultures that depended upon uh, a, uh, annuals or, you know, if they had them in their, their pocket, right, that, that they would tend towards those because those they could get back the next year, you know, after some sort of trauma. Um, whereas the perennial systems, they take a long time to establish. And then once they're gone, you know, then you get you get that long uh, ease into actually getting something productive out of them. It's right in the principles. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, it's, you've got to be you've got to be adaptable and flexible on that. Right, and and with I mean my my personal journey, uh, annuals that reseed themselves are wonderful. You know, because then then are the you know where where does that uh, or even biennials that reseed themselves, you know, uh, th then they're as good as perennials. They come back, no work, you know, they're just there for you to pick. Yep, uh, absolutely. So and even with annuals, you get a lot of volunteers. You get things that just, you know, happen on oh, their yeah. own. You know, the, uh, in some cases, they almost act like perennials, depending right. on the circumstances. Right. So, so just taking that little concept of the plant life cycles, um, you can really learn a lot about a plant. Uh, you know, maybe know that it's going to have a root. Like, say, say you're new to vegetable gardening, uh, the carrots. You know that hey, if you wanted to save seeds from the carrots, well, there it's a root. You're probably going to wait. You have to not pick them, and then save them for the second year to get the the uh, the seeds out of them, right? Um, there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of uh, in that one concept. There's you can learn a lot about plants and applying it to design i i think that the the temporal aspect of it the time yeah. piece is is kind of central that's really how i think of them more than in just their individual function it's how they function together over time yeah um you know while you're establishing perennial systems if you're just planting perennials and expecting to eat well you, you're, it's going to be a while you know so th that's where you, you can use annuals you know, while you're establishing them, I think it's one of the sort of central things that a lot of people do in successful agroforestry systems is while you're waiting to kind of close canopy, you've got that space in between those rows where you can be planting, you know, a lot of productive annuals. And right. I know a lot of people have done and, and made it work economically as well. So there's right. there's a whole spectrum of thinking design wise that goes into this on top of it. Right. Putting all these pieces together yeah. in a way that that makes sense. Yep. Cool. Indeed. Hey, well, well, thanks for hanging out with us at the GLPDC podcast. Uh, you know, we're trying to do a, a weekly podcast to uh, uh, spread a little bit of permaculture, keep keep things kind of focused. We always welcome feedback. Uh, the the more you know, the more we hear back about what we're doing, the more we can uh, uh, do the right thing. Right. And, and, and respond to that feedback and make make what we do better. Yeah. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll be happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't wait till someone that we have a, a questions show and, and uh, that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, but definitely. You can find us at, at glpdc.info. You can see see down there. Right. Um, yeah. Right below William. And uh, some some things uh, we're rolling out a. Or we, we have rolled out a free intro to permaculture email course. Um, it's it's just the bare bones to start, but it's enough to get us rolling and, and to, to test it and to get feedback 
and to make it better. Um, so that's at glpdc.info. Uh, and you give us your email address, and all the entire course load goes right into your inbox. That's right. That's right. A week, a week at a time. Uh, and then also we're, we're gearing up for a couple courses, uh, specifically the, I mean, the big one is in June, but uh, we got a few others com coming down the pipe too, right? Yep. We've got uh, Rhonda Baird, uh, who's going to be doing a plants and permaculture course at the Old School House Community Garden, um, just outside Chicago here. So that course is coming up. Uh, yep. Check it out on our website. May 26th. Yep. It's the date. And thank you. And then also we do have our online permaculture design course coming up uh, beginning in June. And uh, registration is open for that. Yeah. It's sliding scale for tuition. So you can pay what you can afford. All the info is on the website, but uh, distance is no longer a, a limiting factor. So wherever you are in the world, if you want to learn you know, permaculture from us, this is your opportunity. And uh, so check it out. Sign up. It's going to be a great course. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. See you soon.